You want a footy podcast with expert opinion. Beat Freo there last year for whatever that holds. Yeah, the least relevant game of 2016. <laughs> with sizzling hot takes. They're a bigger cop taste to their fans than late 1990s Pamela Anderson. And unique analysis. What was it? What was the quote, mate? I don't know. I was pissed. <laughs> you want the Greenfield Post footy podcast. Yeah! What a round eight it was in the AFL. Plenty to tick off. Players of the week sledging Richmond Frio, China. And we're going to touch on Geelong as well. Very special guest this week because uh, Ethan Meldrum's for some reason ducked off to Tasmania, which no one's got any idea why. We are joined by Josh Barnes. How you going, Barnesy? Yeah, not bad, Rats. Uh, and uh, Rudy Etzel, of course, is here as well. Lovely to be here on this uh, foggy Monday. You know, how good is it? How good's football when uh, between the three of us, none of our teams won on the weekend? But uh, yeah, only because Ace isn't here. Well, that's right. At it's least, at least, but Barnsley goes to the Cats as well. So. Yeah. So at least we cracked in. You guys lost to us in in, in a dismal sort of display. But we're going to touch on that we'll, soon. We'll get to that we'll, later. <laughs> we'll get to that. As always, we're going to kick off the week with uh, players of the week. And Barnsley, you are fresh in here, so we'll give you the new ball. Who's who was your player of the week? Anthony McDonald, Chipping Woody, the man with 10 syllables. Tipper. I was lucky enough to be in the press box, and I've never seen a press box love a player like they did on Saturday night. Everything he touches is just marvellous. He only had four tackles on the weekend, but he's tackled an amazing ratio. He's absolutely through the roof, the master. Yeah, he's so exciting. Everyone loves Tipper. Who did he run down? Uh, Salwood in who the did, last who quarter. Who didn't he run Salwood, down? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Well, he only I had the like four tackles, down but all of them at one point. The, the crowd is into him more than, more than any other player I reckon I've seen. Just him in the background... It's yeah, he's a, he's a well liked player. That's it's nice. It's nice when that happens, especially with Essendon. How, you know how little empathy anyone's had for their players for the last five or six years. Yeah. So it's actually really really pleasant to see um, fans of other teams get around an Essendon player. Does, is there anything more morale lifting than a chase down tackle like Tipper does? He did the Hoskinello on Anzac Day in the last quarter and just sucked any sort of momentum Collingwood had. Especially when the fans can see it coming and it gets louder and louder and the player, you know they're going in slow motion, they're not going to get it on the boot in time. It yeah. just gets gets the fans and the momentum up more than anything else. What? I'd, I'd say after a big pack mark, the the chase down tackle is the best thing about footy. What's Sauer doing? I mean, he can't beat a lot of people in a league race. He's not going to beat Tipper. Well, he was probably looking for a forward who doesn't exist. Up the <laughs> <day, so. laughs> Weren't many options. Uh, Rudy, who was your player of the week, mate? Uh, for me, it was had to be, uh, Ethan's not here, so I'll fill in for him. It had to be the Hamburglar, Clayton oh. Oliver. Uh, he had a sensational game. I've just got it here. He had th- 30 touches, but 15 of them were contested. He had 10 tackles. And he kicked surely goal of the year, mm. where he's had about 70 million uh, efforts down in the at his, at his pocket there and then bananaed it. Might be the only goal he kicks all year. Worth it. Yeah. Um, but just quietly, he's 19 and he averages nearly 15 contested touches a game. He's a freak. The kid is hard as nails. He's an absolute freak, man. And he had a great preseason. Not you know, not often you see like a young bloke, you said 19, have a good preseason, then go on to have another good season in the actual season proper. And he has. Yeah, no, he's he's awesome. And if anyone remembers the shape he was in in his junior days, <laughs> there's, a fa- <laughs> there's a famous photo of him getting around. We'll, we'll probably post it on our socials at some point. But uh yeah, he, Joe uh, Watson's he, about he had, him. He had, he, he had he had some good condition on him. <laughs> Remember, Joe way. Watson was a full forward and fat in his junior uh, days. Oh, yeah, Cameron yeah. Ling as well. Yeah, Lingy. couldn't leave the goal square. Yeah, but Clayton uh, Oller and Jack Viney are probably the two best inside midfield combination in the league at the moment. They're yeah. on fire. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They've, they've got a serious uh, a serious uh, inside on ball brigade. Melbourne. The only thing they really lack is probably a classy user. Yeah, outside because Tyson's inside as well. Mm, yeah, and I mean they're probably their best user in that uh, space is is Christian Petrarca when he gets there, but I'm not sure he's he's not that classy. Like he is he is 
probably better than the others, but he's not. He's not the kind of guy they they need. You know, like maybe a Billy Hartung type, actually. Like, oh, Daniel Skeyer sort of. Uh, <laughs> but, but but seriously, like <laughs> th- th- those kind of guys have utility in a, in an outfit like that. Yeah, Nathan yeah. Jones is the one that's been pushed outside more this year than ever before, and he's kicking probably more goals than usual. Mm. But but they are missing sort of that last sort of speedster on the outside, I suppose. Mm. Yep, that's a good shout. Do they have enough money to throw at Josh Kelly? I've got to say, they lost on the weekend, but Tom Rockcliffe, for me, he was, he was my uh, player of the week. Had 30 disposals, 16 of them were clearances. Yeah, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. That's serious. 21 contested possessions, 13 tackles. He's hmm. a freak. He's like a, he's like a slightly older version of Clayton Oliver. He, <laughs> <laughs> mate, he has, he has 79 clearances, league leader. The next is Josh Kennedy on 62. Mm. He has 17 more clearances than the next player. Mm. And uh, also a dislocated shoulder. So. And also a dislocated <laughs> shoulder. He's third in tackles behind Sloan and Liberty. He had a great game. Yeah. We can't, he's, a, he's a serious player, though. Tom, Tom Rockcliffe, he's a... Will he's he be there next year, though? Because he's out no, of... No, I, I wouldn't have thought so. It's, no. It seems to be pretty, pretty much... Uh, taken as red that mm. he's gone. It's interesting how much currency he would have outside as well because he's not a player that you'd be throwing a million dollars at, but he's, as we said, he's as good an inside player as there is in the competition. Mm. Well, I reckon Adelaide... If you go by those stats, he's the throw, best. Yeah. I reckon Adelaide should throw some coin at him because they they clearly... Will, um, I imagine help, we'll talk it? about them in a bit, but yeah. he, they they clearly need another midfielder. Um, we probably can't. We probably have to mention Jack Billings as well. He was Triple M's player of the round. Five goals, thirty possessions. Kicked four of them in the first half. He he's the reason why St Kilda won that game. Yeah, no, he's a he he is a jet sometimes. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. He's a massive, massive tease. Um, boys, I, I, you surely saw the game yesterday. Uh, we're all talking about it. Richmond and Fremantle, the greatest so, finish. Sorry, what what game? Richmond and Fremantle. Must have missed it. Oh, if you missed um, it, Richmond <laughs> hit the front in the last quarter. That was it, wasn't it? <laughs> well, they did, and then this happened. Seriously, the greatest finish to a football game I reckon I can remember. I love how you can hear the commentators deflate and then realise <laughs> that they have to get up. <laughs> yeah. I was watching it with my brother. 21 seconds, Alice kicks that goal. He turns to me and he goes, Richmond are going to lose this. And I'm like, mate, there's 21 seconds. He goes, if anyone can lose this from here, it's Richmond. How, how the fuck, <laughs> how the fuck do they set up so poorly at that centre bounce? Right. Truly, honestly, how can they possibly have been so naive? How? I'm. They're such a poorly led club. It's it's it astonishes me so often how they 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 just fall apart under pressure so often. And and but that is just the most glaring example of 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 poor leadership. Mm. Like, how, how does how is how do they not have a 
a plan, like a, co- a co- coherent plan for that. How do they, how know. on earth does Lockie <laughs> Neal get that much space? <laughs> that was amazing. That whole passage from Sandy to Neal and then Mundy had a whole pocket to mark him. I don't understand how it, it happens. Richmond had four players doing nothing with 20 seconds to go on the clock in the wrong position. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. <laughs> one, one week before. It was from a center bounce, Buzzy. <laughs> one week before Hawthorne saved a game against Melbourne by Sean Burgoyne being in the right spot. Just watch the tape. Just watch what Sean Burgoyne does when the game's on the line. Do something. <laughs> Don't go stand on the back of the thing. Daniel Rioli standing by himself on the wing, 30 metres away from the contest, just waiting for it to come out to him. It, it, it's it, incredible. That w- but take nothing away from Richmond in the last quarter. They they had they were barnstorming home, and they, they should have kicked Rewat, missed a couple. They missed some dead easy shots on goal. And then for Alice to kick that, the game's over. Everyone thought it was over. Even bloody Ross Lyon thought it was over. He said this in Triple M this morning. I just walked out. Security guards popped in the lift with me. It was all silent. <laughs> Get out the lift down the bottom. There's a TV in the bowels of MCG right opposite the lift. And I heard a roar. And I went, whoa. They kicked another one, the Tigers. I look up, Monday's got the ball in his hand. <laughs> it was a narrow pan. It was a narrow pan. I thought, how far out is he? And then they went to an open pan. I could see he's 30 metres out slight angle. I thought, we're every chance there. So, um, yeah, it, was, it was quite ironic. Oh, uh, I think Bales by the other players never too. That's, that's being modest, saying they're every chance here. He must have gone, what is this in the book? Yeah. <laughs> I liked his comments on Fox Footy when he said, um, I, was, I was the bloody union club in Fitzroy, two pots deep yeah. <laughs> when he left. You could, just, <laughs> you could just sense when Alice kicked that goal, the, the Facebook app would have been opened up by about 30,000 Richmond fans ready to just been like, come on, Tigers, Tiger train, Tiggy train, and then flatline. <laughs> Absolutely flatline 20 seconds later. <laughs> we, we know he has a bad record in close grand finals, Rossi. You may as well just walked out of the box at three-quarter time a couple of years back. <laughs> <laughs> Might have worked out a little bit better for him. Uh, the, the other big talking point besides Richmond's capitulation is the sledging between uh, Carlton and St Kilda. Um, we had a brief chat on this, Rudy, and we both got opposing views because you didn't think it was a good look for Murph to have a go at an injured player. Yeah. Well, what, what was your view? I, I love it. It's been years, I reckon, Barnsley and Rudy, since Carlton have had a bit of, bit of cunt about him. Yeah. And, and particularly Mark Murphy's view. He isn't in, in and under player, but he can be a bit soft sometimes. And I love that aggression because Carlton yeah. don't show that. That's fair enough. And I, I love to see aggression as well, but you know, it's not a good look when you go and uh, like scream in the face of a bloke lying on the, on the deck, holding his pills. He's just been kneading the nuts. And then Murphy goes missing mm. and the saints win the game. Like, yeah, it's, it's a bit of aggression, but back it up, mate. If you're, if you're going to do that, start an all in brawl, all that, that's all, that's fine. Have a say on the rest of the game. Don't mm. just go missing and disappear. And then St. Kilda just waltzed home really like... So you're saying back up your actions? Back up, yeah, exactly. Just you, you've got to, you know, if you're going to draw a line in the sand to to uh, steal a line from Dern back in the day, back it up properly. Otherwise, you just look like an idiot. Mm. Barnsley? Yep, yeah, exactly agreeing with Rudy on that one, which is a bit boring for the listeners. <laughs> but but if you're going to have a go at someone and start a brawl, that's when the good players really step up. They may not be the instigators of the brawl, but in the five minutes after a brawl, every time is when the good players really step up. So. Yeah. That's, mm. that's why Murphy had to get the next centre clearance or kick the next goal or something, and then, then it's really worth it. Otherwise, otherwise, you're just putting on some bravado really for nothing. But it's Jake Carlisle. <laughs> yeah, look, I was it's, surprised St Kilda actually backed I, him up. If any player's ever going to get yelled at, like, if any player's ever going to get sledged while they're on the deck, it's probably going to be Jake Carlisle. This, <laughs> this is a bloke in 2015 was saying to Western Bulldogs players on the field, I hate this mob. I'm going to be, I don't care anymore. I'm out of here at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I remember that. That's right. He's, he's not, no one's ever accused Jake Carlisle of being a genius. No, <laughs> no. Um, but it's, it, I mean, 
he's gotten the last laugh there, hasn't he? He's, his mob's gotten up. Also, the Saints are serious. They're a pretty serious footy team. Yeah, they yeah. play some good footy. They mm. seriously play some good footy, man. And Carlton, are, Carlton are pretty good at dragging teams down to their level as well. Mm. Like they, they nearly, they really mucked in and nearly got that done. Yeah, Carlton over the last few weeks have proven they're a side that aren't going to beat themselves anymore. You're going to have to beat them mm. at the moment. So St Kilda probably switched off for half an hour around the three quarter time break, and they found themselves losing in that match. And we're up against it a little bit. So Carlton are going to make you earn it so far this year. Yeah. I can't wait to see how much they beat Geelong by, Bunsy. <laughs> <laughs> Just quickly. Uh, Good game before for Levi Caswell coming out. Well, yeah. before we move on from uh, the sledging, there's, there's a part in the game for it still, isn't there? I was playing Vaffa footy in the weekend. Someone from Williamstown said it looked like Katie Langwood was having a shot at goal. Oh, that's a sensation. And I, I, I missed it. I rated it because I was pretty much pissing myself laughing coming <laughs> in to kick for goal. So uh, sledging's got to be in footy. I, like oh, I don't, yeah, I don't really like the, you'll always get this kind of hand wringing after a high, high profile incident like this. Like when uh, Heath Shaw got caught on the, on the thing. And when, there's nothing in that either. Well, I, I mean, it, it's, it came a week after he'd been told to pull his head in, I think. Yeah. But, um, but it's the same as, uh, Michael Clark getting caught saying he's, you know, break your fucking arm or whatever. Mm. It's, it's always going to be a bunch of hand wringing after that. Um, but it, I don't think it'll change the culture of sledging in Australia. And I mean... Anyone that's played any level of local sport or, you know, amateur sport, you know, they've been sledged. Yeah. Everyone knows what sledging is. You, you need a sledger in your team if you're going to go anywhere. I think all, you can probably point out three or four blokes from Hawthorne that would have sledged over the years non, non-stop. Andrew Mackey and Geelong's golden run was, Ooh, yeah. mm. he's probably still thinking I'll ride them down right now. Even though <laughs> yeah, yeah. St- Stevie J as well. Yeah. He's a, he's a famous, famous mouth. Stevie J. How much spit came out of his mouth when he kicked that winner on the weekend? <laughs> yeah. Bloody Steve he was Jay. loving it. He was loving it. That was, uh, yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty funny. So, uh, Barnsley, that. this time on a podcast, we kind of let Rudy go for a bit of a minute. He has his own only little segment called Rudy's Rant, and I know the topic he's got on today, and I know you want to join in. So we'll let him go for a few seconds, few uh, sixty seconds, and you could join him as a fellow Geelong supporter. The big fellas angry. Oh! It's Rudy's rant. <laughs> Geelong. Geelong is in the sights this week. I don't know what Geelong are doing. I don't know what Geelong stand for. Obviously, this comes from the the, the view, viewpoint of a Geelong fan. Uh, I don't know what they stand for at the moment. I don't know what the, the aim is. Like, uh, they really think they can win the flag this year with the team they've got? Why have they decided to stop defending the corridor? Why, why is the, the back line of, uh, a bunch of blokes who are pension age? What, what are they doing? Well, Andrew Mackey the other day, after he gave up that goal where he fumbled it, he should have left the stadium and retired immediately. <laughs> he should have left the stadium and driven back to Adelaide where he's from. He's like, you can't go to your house in Geelong and pick up your stuff. You just have to go home. Like, <laughs> awful. He needs to be pension, pensioned off. Tom Lonigan as well. Someone needs to decide where to play Harry Taylor full time. What's the point of having Aaron Black in the, in the squad? And then playing Harry Taylor as a forward and not picking Aaron, Aaron Black. I don't understand. I don't know where they're going. This is going to be a really frustrating season for Geelong fans. And um, I'm writing us off already. Sixth, maybe, is our ceiling. Mm. And um, all I'm going to be watching Geelong for for the rest of the season is Nikaya Cockatoo because I love him. To quote you, before you chime in, Barnsley, to quote you, Rudy, I think you said Geelong 5-0 is the definition of fake news. Absolute. Yep. Genuine fake news. At 5-0, uh, all Geelong fans surely knew that they'd scraped over the line against Melbourne, scraped over the line against North Melbourne. And I mean, North Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) And then, I mean, I said to a couple of people the other night, I knew Geelong were were bad or not, not, I knew Geelong weren't good, but I didn't realize they were that bad. 
Like some of the, the first quarter effort was pathetic. The first half they had with 12 or 13 tackles for the team. Yeah. 14 Four, tackles for the yeah. entire yeah. team. Yeah. And, and like zero tackles recorded by, you know, Joel Selwood and Patrick Dangerfield. Like that, come on, mm. you know, the least you can show is some, is some effort. We're just like chasing shadows. It looked like it, it just, it looked like Geelong had come from a, a, a like the Geelong League, it looked like a bunch of they looked like they'd been, well, yeah, uh, yeah. come from like the Bell Geelong Park League won one before the game, so they probably should have played instead of them. Jason yeah. Davenport was pretty nice, it was slotted <laughs> him in the old Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide superstar Twitter. Jason yeah. Davenport. Yeah, yet yeah. five blokes who didn't record a tackle, four of them were defenders. Yeah, well, and the other one was Blitzavs, which Jimmy Bartels retired on the weekend. Well, he's not wrong. What's <laughs> what role does Blitzavs play? Josh, um, he's a tall outside midfielder who doesn't go near the ball, who can't mark, um, <laughs> and can run pretty well around the ball, I suppose. As a, as a Geelong fan, I wasn't too concerned at five and at five and oh, and off the last couple of losses, I wasn't too concerned, but going into last week, either Geelong thought they were going to beat Essendon by a plenty or they were absolutely desperate because they brought in an Irishman who's played three games of footy. They brought in Reece Stanley to mess with their ruck rotations when <laughs> we know it doesn't work. And they've brought in Colo Jasny for his first game after missing all of last season with, with an injury. And so they've just panicked and made a desperate selection. Colo Jasny is a good call. He's, he's clearly part of the Geelong's best he didn't back line. He didn't lay a tackle. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, play, you're playing him and O'Connor basically in the back half as two first gamers for the year. Yeah. When you're kicking out players that have played three or four games for the year. It's just, it was either a desperate call or they've thought we could get a couple of games into these players. Can, can we talk about the ruck briefly? Because I feel like the ruck situation sums up where Geelong are at where Geelong is at as a, as a club. They've, so they've got Reece Stanley in there and they've got Zach Smith and they've got what, Mark Blixarves, does he play as a ruckman? Yeah, hey, chips in. So between the three of them, you've got maybe, you know, 1.1 ruckman there, <laughs> don't you? Like what's Reece Stanley, what's his, what's his best role? Um, VFL, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is, that is probably a metaphor for the team. Geelong's playing 1.1 quarters a game at the moment. They're turning up after three quarter time, making a run at the opposition and making it interesting. And they're probably 1.1 of a team, Rudy. You, you yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Did, did you sense. jump the gun by delisting Padraig Lucy too early? I'll tell you what, some more news from the Geelong League. He hasn't got a touch yet in that league. Oh, really? So, so he's really, he really missing the old Padraig. No, he played for Newtown Chill in the Geelong Football League. Oh, yeah. We're talking about ex-Geelong players. I saw Oren Stevenson retired the other day <laughs> oh, from uh, the That's VFL. who we need. There's he a wasn't, wasn't getting a game for North Ballarat. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> I want to talk about Adelaide and Melbourne. Well, let's talk about the decision you, you, you brought up pre-podcast to re, to sign Mark Blake and get rid of Shane Munson. Oh, but yeah. I will we're, say we're, we're turning into a Geelong podcast here. But it, I was filthy on that at the time. It, it truly did set off a chain reaction after that because then they brought in what McIntosh, Oren Stevenson. Mm. Um, they tried Padraig Lucy desperately, and they brought in Blixars who they thought could play ruck. They've recruited Stanley and Smith who won't who weren't Geelong drafted, so they've. Mm. They've been missing in that situation ever since Alton's retired. Well, you you were priced out as well. Like as loyal as Mummy might might have been to Geelong because he was mates with um, Gary Ablett, which is why he was training with you guys to begin with. I bumped into him at the Berwick Hotel, which is a fantastic pub in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne where plenty of punch-ons happen. And I said, Mummy, why did you go to Sydney? And he just looked at me and rubbed his fingers together in that money symbol. Oh, the finger thing means the taxes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I respect that. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a mark of how far footy has come at, um, at the time Sydney came over the top with an offer of, uh, 1.2 million over three years. So 400 grand a year. Um, it, you think about that now and it's, it's almost the average wage for a footy player. Yeah. But back then it was like, well, oh, he was no, on, Geelong can't match that. He's got to go. Well, he was on a rookie wage at Geelong. 
Yeah, he was. Yeah, he so, brought him down from Bunyip. So, so he's on eighteen. Yeah, snags he's on eighteen grand a year, and then gets four hundred at Sydney. Of course, you yeah. go. So, all right, yeah. you want to talk about it, like Melbourne? It's not on the rundown sheet, but you know, tipping you got something in the gun here for us, then, mate. Um, I just think if you're going to talk about Geelong being uh, like a you know reliant on too few, I think it's Adelaide uh, really struggle when Rory Sloan is down, mm-hmm. and I think they actually have a thinner midfield even than Geelong do. Um, well, I mean, that's that's for certain. I mean, then Brad Crouch and Matt Crouch are their second and third best midfielders. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. like, um, so they all, they they look quite flawed on the weekend, and Melbourne really really picked them apart pretty comfortably at home. I'll be interested to see if, like Geelong after the Collingwood game, if teams have watched the two, the North and the Melbourne game, and gone, we can really pick Adelaide apart here because they. Famously conceded ten straight to to North, and mm. then they they conceded nine in a row the other day to Melbourne as well. I'm interested, like they can't really they really struggle to arrest negative momentum. Well, I suppose it, it was a, it was a real blight on their midfield that they conceded that nine in a row when they had Sauce Jacobs winning about a thousand hitouts over Cam <laughs> Peterson towering over that. He had seventy four hitouts. Yeah, Peterson's twenty two. How many stoppages are in that game? Yeah. He just he just couldn't find a teammate. They how could they not set up a way to get a clean clearance, get Sloan on the ball, get in Bernie Vince's way or something when Melbourne have kicked eight in a row, do something and get in the way and, and try a different setup. But they let Cam Peterson probably beat Jacobs in the ruck over the day. And it, it just it just doesn't make sense. Mm, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting you one. You can have the best forward line in the game, but well, if, they your do. Mid, <laughs> if your midfield's not on top and you're not getting delivery, then you're not gonna win games. I mean, looking at the stats here, you know, Matt Crouch and Brad Crouch, and then after that they've got what? Richard Douglas and Rory Atkins, like yeah, they're, they're talking about bringing Scott Thompson back from the grave next week as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> David has been playing with Jason Davenport. <laughs> <laughs> well, I read an interesting stat that uh, Rory Sloan in the eleven games he's been tagged it averages fourteen disposals and he averages twenty six when he's not being tagged. Well, maybe the, maybe that's the way to beat Adelaide. Is that someone just like well, go and stand on? Uh, Rory Sloan. Well, they've got Brisbane and Brisbane notoriously played teams into form like they have Hawthorne and Sydney over the last two weeks. Mm. So they might send Clay Beams to him because that's about the only use Clay Beams would, would be to the side is a tagger because Mitch <laughs> Robinson's out with a broken foot. Yeah. So, but it's an interesting game. Interesting game to see if they tag Sloan. Is, so. it, is it though? No, nah, it's not. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I think it's going to be one of those forward line kicks about a thousand goals for Adelaide and we remember how good they were. Mm. Mm. Uh, weird take. Now, it's been there's been a few weird takes, boys. Um, I, I thought... We haven't spoken about the China game. Um, the AFL claiming it's going to be a sellout with just over 10,000 in a stadium of 25,000. Mm. So any of the footage, it looked pretty empty. Yeah, but it's, it's a sellout if you sell out all your tickets. Well, it doesn't yeah. matter how many seats there are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I just like they played it at a front of a castle. They did. It looked another. like a castle. I don't know if you heard the national anthem, but I've got a bit of audio from it. <laughs> Do you guys know what that is? Because neither do I. Sounds, not like, the, sounds like an Imperial March out of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> they played the Port Adelaide national uh, Port Adelaide theme song underneath our national anthem. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's so strange. And then and then they go on. Tom Jonas, uh, Port Adelaide superstar, has come out and said today that China is a home away from home for him. Uh, you, no, it's not, mate. <laughs> you, flew, you flew in on Thursday, didn't leave your hotel, basically, played on Sunday, and then flew out this morning. When you uh, brought up weird take of the week mm. in relation to China, I thought you were going to say that the weird take of the week was that Gold Coast are a football team. Oh my God. <laughs> they were just horrific. They were so, so poor. I, I, 
I mean, Rocket like set it up as well. He set it up in the weeks before, you know, he put up, he basically preempted some excuses for them. And then they just, they just didn't bother to turn up at all. It was, there was just an awful game of football to watch. It was basically, it was basically a training drill for Port for the mm. entire second half. There was no pressure on them. There was not even any attempt to, to plug the space in front of them. It was just, this is awful to watch. And I, I think, um, I mean, the AFL would definitely be furious with Rocket mm. already mm. for what he was saying. But I think, um, I think that that uh, pretty much that'd be the nail in the coffin for his coaching career at Gold Coast. I can't, you know, you put, you put up a display like that on a stage, like the first ever China game, you're, you, you know, he's, it's not going to get sacked tomorrow, but it's the surely su- somewhere at board level, someone has drawn a big red line through Rodney Ead's name and gone at this bloke. Clearly this bloke is he's done. Yeah. It, it had that sort of stink about it that he coached them down during the week, didn't it? When he made yeah. those comments originally. Mm. He flew over with his brand new teeth and couldn't really talk him back into the game afterwards. So, <laughs> so I, I agree. I think Rocket might be put out to pass to buy some some lower teeth to match the top ones. They, <laughs> they are seriously shiny teeth. I don't know if anybody else has noticed them, but <laughs> Tony Jones gets a bit of ribbing on Channel Nine for his new chompers. So we got, we got, we got a new chompers. Yeah, chompers too. Have to Goodness keep a look out for Chompy that. chomp. Well, they'd be talking chompers about coaches eat. and calling them fans. Geez, that was heartbreaking. Well, it was heartbreaking on Sunday after Saturday afternoon to watch that. But you know what? I was talking to Ronnie in the office today, and he's like, "It's good you didn't win because then it would have given you false hope and Buckley false hope again." Because we'll we'll beat Hawthorne this Saturday night for the first uh, time since the twenty eleven prelim. I would have enjoyed the, <laughs> the, the Collingwood fans getting false hope. Mm. That would have been a good outcome for me personally. Yeah, cheers. You're probably right though. Mm. They might just beat Hawthorne. Oh. I, it's Hawthorne are like I mean they've had some of their wins have been good, but they're furfies. Aren't they? Yeah, they are. Uh, they are still very adept. They've mm. still got a lot of blokes that are very adept at uh, coasting on momentum. Well, as we wrap up the podcast, giving something to look forward to, I'll start it off by saying I'm looking forward to it Saturday night and Collingwood beating Hawthorne for the first time since the 2011 prelim final because Cyril is out. Isaac Smith um, will be able to actually go skiing proper instead of downhill skiing on <laughs> a football field because he'll be rubbed out. Actually, MOP results have came in. I think, has he been rubbed out? No. No, no actual suspensions. Fuck no. off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we won't win then because he always dominates us. What about you, Rudy? What are you looking forward to? Um, what am I looking forward to? Uh, not that's not, the question. Not Geelong, not Geelong Western Bulldogs <laughs> for sure. Um, maybe Melbourne North. Mm. That I reckon that could be an interesting game. Um, Melbourne have a tendency to take the foot off the pedal when they uh, when they go into a game as favourites, and um, North are. Uh, North, so we'll see. Mm. Barnsley, take us out, mate. I'm going to go back to the Cats. I think the opening of the new stand on Friday night, you know how they have noise meters at the games these days? Oh, no. I think if the dogs get a run on, they'll have about 200 supporters there. The noise meter go, might go into negatives. <laughs> I, I'm a proud Geelong man, Geelong fan. I have my seat there every year, but I think we're the, the, we're the quietest crowd in the league, and if the Cats start stinking it up... Um, Everyone will be asleep. After yeah. after three poor losses in a row, yeah. How many opening um, stands have you had that, that fucking skilled now? Have, you, like have you ever have you ever been there? No. It, it, they need a new stand for every stand. <laughs> yeah. they, no, they, <laughs> li- they literally yeah. are. Yeah. After this one's open, they're knocking down the northern one and doing that again. Yeah. So it was literally it's just a rotation. It, literally, <laughs> it was literally uh, like a decent suburban ground. It was the, as good as the ground that like Epping play at or something as. This, it I, was not a good place. I used to live in Geelong. I, I love Skill because it's like an epicenter of the of the town, isn't it? You can pretty much see those lights from everywhere mm, now. Yeah, they're weird looking lights, aren't they? They kind of look like like I don't know frying pans or something. Yeah, we're, in, we're ending the podcast pretty strongly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking forward to Jack Redpath too. Actually, he came back for nine months. Your boy, my yeah, boy, three, three goals. goals in the first 
half, was it? Yep. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll play all right. Who plays on him? Harry Taylor? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. The wa- I think the walking zombie uh, of Tom Lonigan, yeah, I suppose. A couple, I think, I think a couple of our defenders might retire during the week. We- weekend at Bernie style, just get, yeah. uh, <laughs> get, get, get Matty Scarlett Matty Scarlett just <laughs> pull some strings. <laughs> uh, as always, you can hit us up on Twitter at the Greenfield Post. Check us out on the website too, greenfieldpost.com.au. Thanks for joining us, Barnsley, for this week. It's a pleasure. And Rudy, of course, keep up the good work, mate. I'm not sure it was a pleasure, but yeah, it was good. Until <laughs> <laughs> next week, catch up.